Nate Marchand, Personal Journal. No sooner did we finish the credits for the show did we rush to the... I guess you could call it the Bridge of Ubermogra. Utam, Goliathon, Ah Wang, Peking Man, Pseudo Kong, whatever you want to call him. He predictably returned to the Jardine house, I hope I'm saying that right, and climbed to the top of it. I'd have thought the trauma of nearly dying after falling from it would have made him PTSD harder than Jimmy and avoid it. But I remember what King Solomon said about a dog and its vomit. That's a terrible comparison. Anyway, it only took us about five minutes to fly over Hong Kong to reach the tower. Jimmy parked the Mecca in a hovering position a hundred feet above Goliathon. Alrighty, time to bag and tag this big ape man. Fantastic. Did you modify your helmet, Mike? I hate to tell you this, but you've never sounded worse. Anyway, which button shoots the drink darts? Why not? Oh, yeah, huh. And this mecha doesn't have hands to catch him when he falls. What do we do now? Dang it, Jim. I'm a podcaster, not a monster hunter. I'm not the one you named after royalty, goofball. Ugh. Dated nerd references aside, we need to figure out how to catch this big oaf now before the Chinese military shows up. What about... Suddenly, the door to Jimmy and Kaguya's cabin opened. And in walked Kaguya wearing what looked like an animal skin bikini. I am not sure how this is a Valentine's Day gift for me. Such little clothing leaves me feeling too cold. Jimmy and I stared at her in shocked silence. The zillion woman looked at us bewildered. Is something wrong? I shook my head to regain my bearings. Jimmy, why is your girlfriend cosplaying Raquel Welch from one million years BC? <laughs> you know what? Forget it. Don't want to know. I... I am sorry to have disturbed you. These clothes feel... inappropriate. I will go change into my auxilian uniform. Jimmy smiled at that more than he did at the sight of her in a swimsuit. But before she exited, I exclaimed, Wait! I have an idea! Jimmy, did this... costume come with a blonde wig? Fifteen minutes later, Kaguya was standing on Ubermokura's head with bungee cords strapped to her ankles. I gave her a printout of a few Chinese phrases like calm down and please go home that I machine translated from English. When I told her to go out on Ubermogra's deck and say them to Goliathon, she was understandably confused. And Jimmy objected, of course, but I said we didn't have time to argue. With his many protests duly noted, Jimmy descended Ubermogra toward the ape man standing on top of Jardine House. Goliathon saw us coming and roared at us in defiance. He ripped off part of the roof and threw it at the mecha, which bounced off the robot's chest plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Hold on. Try turning your back to him. Maybe then he won't feel threatened. Jimmy reluctantly obliged. I switched the view screen to the rear cameras. Slowly, over the next minute or so, Ubermogra rotated 180 degrees and then descended until its head was eye-level with Goliathon. The rage on his face? It melted the closer we got. Yeah, it's working! He sees Kaguya! <laughs> oh, come on, it was Beauty Kit. Uh, mm, captured the beast. Oh, don't worry, I'm 75% sure this will work. I get it, I get it. In retrospect, was I trying to endanger my intrepid producer's new girlfriend? Anyway, even with the wind blowing, we heard Kaguya struggle with the script I gave her. Goliathon definitely couldn't take his eyes off her, and he chilled out. Speaking of chilled, Kaguya shivered as the wind gusted, so she hugged herself for warmth. Then the printout slipped out of her hand. Goliathon stretched his big hairy mitts toward her. Oh, frick. Not yet. She still needs to talk him into climbing down the tower. You do trust her memory, don't you? Before Jimmy could chew me out, we heard Kaguya rattle off the lines from the paper. Goliathon grunted in reply. She repeated them until he finally obeyed and started climbing down Jardine House. Hey, what'd I tell you? 75%! That sounded a lot more spiteful than when Han Solo said it. Jimmy tapped a few buttons to launch his drones, which followed Goliathon as he descended the tower. Once he reached the street, he tagged the giant simian with multiple trank darts, and he passed out. A signal was immediately sent to Ricky to launch more drones from the island to recover the big lug. A few minutes later, Kaguya stormed onto the bridge, zipping a monster land jacket over her risque cosplay. She ripped off the blonde wig and threw it at me, and I barely caught it. I feel... I feel... Ah, what is this emotion? I'm an armchair psychologist at best, but you look angry to me. Angry? To have a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. Yes, that's it. And it was triggered by... this clothing. I feel... deceived. Exploited. Used. <laughs> um... Because we had you talk down Goliathon? Well, you see... Yes. I remember reading in one of your books that this monster will listen only to... a beautiful woman. Right. James, did you purchase this clothing for me so I could help capture Goliathon? Jimmy... Please put the shovel down before you dig yourself in any deeper. Standing out there, talking to Goliathan, letting him gawk at me. It reminds me of when the controller sent the female who called herself Namikawa to spy on your world before the invasion. The controller knew that you humans would find exilient females... What's the word? Attractive. Yes, 
attractive, and this would distract you. It was one of his greatest weapons. That's... an interesting way to put it. Gaguya's face slowly crinkled with rage. Were you using me as a weapon? <laughs> weapon is such a strong word. Maybe... tool? You have a better one? So both of you were using me. Uh, when you put it that way... I hate it. You have taken advantage of my ignorance of human romantic practices. I barely understand what sexy means. My... My beauty is not a weapon or a tool for you to exploit. Don't talk to me, James. I'm... I'm angry, upset, outraged. I don't want to wear these clothes you gave me. Kaguya, that... No. Until I understand how you humans operate and I feel comfortable within that cultural framework, I won't wear this... this costume again. I don't have a controller anymore. She stormed off and walked to the cabin door, pounding it just before it whooshed open and entered. She seemed disappointed she couldn't slam it shut. Jimmy, what were you thinking? Your love life is none of my business. But that animal skin bikini was obviously for you and not for her. You took advantage of her ignorance. She comes from a planet where, as far as we know, the women are rolled off an assembly line. She's barely a step above a robot. I hate to break it to you, but she isn't Miss Namikawa. She wasn't for lack of a better term, programmed to be a femme fatale. That there's a difference between teaching her how to be human and indulging your fantasies. <sighs> Having her manipulate Goliathon was Machiavellian on my part, I admit. It probably isn't, but I did what I did to get the job done. You did it for your jollies. You are owed happiness. I know that better than anyone. But not like this. Give her time to cool off and we'll both tell her we're sorry. What we do to make the women in our lives happy. Pseudo sister. And don't remind me. Jimmy walked over to Kaguya's door and knocked. To our surprise, she let him in. I plopped into a chair and huffed. Jimmy should know better than to remind me how lonely I am. End journal entry.
MIFV Episode 84 Epilogue, Davida and Goliathon, starring Nathan Marchand as MIFV Nate and Tim Laconalau as Kaguya, written, directed, produced, and edited by Nathan Marchand. Additional music tracks included Crime Boss Nomad by Art Claw, Bavarian Cackle by General Grunt and Ridley Snipes, Waltz of the Wind God by Laura Platt, and Abandoned by God by Ro Taka. Sound effects sourced from freesound.org and created by J.P. Gant. Our story segments were made possible by the generous MIFV Max members on Patreon, including executive producer Damon Noyes. This is a fan production and no copyright infringement is intended or implied. All characters, video clips, and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders. MIFV is a Moonlighting Ninjas media production and a proud member of Pod Nation. Thank you for listening. Next time, Jake and Drew, where are you?